0: We are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have
1: a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school.
2: There are some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE Now. I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. And today we are inside of the Virginia CTE Resource Center, here inside of, well, the state of Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's in the name, Virginia it is, CTE It has a location. We resource are in a place. Center, right, and I'm sure there's other resource centers across the United States of America, but we're in the Virginia one right now today at this very moment. And why are we here? I'm not helping you. You're not helping me out. I want you to help me. Like, why not? Dude, help me out. Come on, man. I'm pedaling. I'm pedaling. You know, English is hard. Okay, either way. All right, let's keep going. All right, today we are inside of the CTE Resource Center here in Virginia, and they are writing the curriculum for a new career cluster inside of the energy field. And Mike, we have had a front row seat to actually experience this happen in real time.
1: Yes, it's been, it's really amazing work to see you know to, to see how this works to see how this is put together um the seeing the leaders of industry from academia coming in and putting the whole program from start to finish together right before your eyes
0: yeah it's a nice little mix too you mentioned leaders from uh, academia so we got some professors in there and we mm-hmm. also have some professionals from the energy field in there as well particularly sustainability and efficiency i'm looking around the room getting head nods i said that oh, the yeah. correct way and uh, before we get to them, though, uh, as I mentioned, we have professionals here actually to talk to you from the energy field. And uh, I want to remind you guys, check us out on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Also check out our website, HenricoCTE.com. Just posted a really, really cool video, um, a GoPro video to be exact, uh, surrounding our AutoTech program at the A Center in Highland Springs. So get a first person perspective of what the kids got going on over there via the website HenricoCTE.com or any of our social media pages at the handle in CT. You think they got it, Mike? I think so. I, I think, think you said it, it 12 <laughs> times. I think I said it about 12, 50, <laughs> 50, 11 times. That's what 50 11, which we're not sure how many, no. You know what kind of number that is. But either way, Mike, um, tell them where they can find the podcast.
1: You can find the podcast at any of your major podcast venues, such as Apple and Google and uh, Spotify, and uh, many of the minor ones. Um, so you will not be able to not find us yeah, i don't know where i was going with that Be able to not
0: find us <laughs> yes. i think you said it perfectly dude okay. i am be honest with you. <laughs> all right guys so make sure you guys check us out there anywhere you listen however you want to listen we got you covered but now without further ado we are going to get to our feature presentation here and we're going to start with introductions and i think we'll start from my left over here and work around the table and then the grilling session begins. Bomb, bomb, boom. <laughs> Cue dramatic music. All right, so go ahead.
2: My name is Carrie Webster, and I am the energy manager for Henrico County. Um, my job covers the government operations, but it also covers public utilities, and it covers Henrico schools. And my job is to keep track of building energy use and, and try to reduce that energy use and um, build in sustainability to all of our operations and our um, design and construction of new buildings and uh, just keep, keep us saving energy and money.
0: All right.
3: And my name is Chase Counts. I am the director of utility programs for Community Housing Partners, or CHP Energy Solutions. And uh, really what I'm charged with is uh, I lead a team that uh, delivers weatherization and other energy efficiency services to primarily low-income, elderly, disabled, other vulnerable populations. Uh, We work with our utility partners, so electric and gas utilities, primarily in Virginia and uh, to deliver those services so they see a benefit to providing services to those customers and uh, we help them deliver those services.
4: I'm Casey Bliley and I am so thrilled to be here with some folks that I've been working so many years alongside. My organization is Viridian and Viridian is a nonprofit. Our mission is to advance energy efficient affordable sustainable construction through education and technical support and so we've worked with Chase's organization, Community Housing Partners. Uh, Again, Carrie and I have worked alongside. But over the last 13 years, we have helped to support the delivery of 25,000 units of sustainable, energy-efficient construction. Um, And what that really means is that we have buildings that are more comfortable, more affordable to live in. It also means that we have buildings that are more durable for the longevity, and it also means that we're reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Um, We we quantify that work, so last year alone, the work that we did with our partners resulted in 2,500, just over 2,500 homes, reducing a demand of 7.2 gigawatt hours of energy, which is hard to comprehend, but that's equivalent of 4,000 tons of carbon dioxide emitted from production, and cumulatively, just in that year, an energy cost savings of, of over a million dollars.
0: Oh, wow. wow. That, that, that sounds like a lot. And so, I uh, guess you guys are doing your job, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing your job. So, uh, when people hear energy sustainability and efficiency, they may not know exactly what it means. So, uh, whoever wants to raise their hand first, tackle the definition. What does energy sustainability and efficiency mean? okay what does it mean if you're trying to you just you don't know me from anybody on the street you're trying to explain it i see it on the sign we happen to be at the same place looking at the same sign and you're the energy expert there how would you explain energy sustainability and efficiency efficiency to someone who may not know exactly what that means
2: Well, I'll tackle the definition of environmental sustainability um, that hopefully is broad enough that I think it covers uh, many different aspects. Sustainability in general is meeting the needs of today without compromising the needs of tomorrow. So as applied to energy, it talks about conservation, efficiency, renewable energy, all of those aspects. So efficiency is a big part of sustainability. Sustainability is a very broad concept.
0: Got gotcha. you. Anybody else want to jump in on that, or y'all like, oh, add. she's good. She well, got that.
3: Touch on uh, more of the efficiency side. So efficiency is ultimately doing the same or more work while consuming less, uh, less energy, and um, uh, really an energy efficiency in uh, what we're here doing. It's uh, delivering goods and services that lower energy use by improving technologies, appliances, buildings, and energy systems. Awesome, awesome. Casey, you wanna? To...
4: I was just gonna say, I mean, I think Chase kind of led me right into that, but from from my perspective, we're really talking about building better buildings. Um, so in a more practical, tangible application for what we do, it's making sure that we think about the systems that work together, making sure that we conserve the amount of energy the building needs to operate, so that when we do make, say, a renewable investment, it's gonna go a lot further.
0: Awesome, awesome. One of the
1: things that, um when it are talking about energy efficiency, what, what are some of the examples that people can see out there in the marketplace when they're going around? What do they see that, to them, they go, oh, I recognize that, that's, that's you know, what does that mean to them when they're, you know, other than I've got to build a house, you know, I'm going to be building a house. What do they see out there that, that they can recognize that as, as somebody working towards um, a better energy efficiency and sustainability?
2: I'd like to back up a little bit and, and talk about efficiency as a part of the overall concept and I mentioned it before but it's my mantra so I'm going to say it again. Conservation, efficiency and renewables. Conservation is curtailing your use. You're doing less work and using less energy. Efficiency as Chase already mentioned is less input for the same amount of work. You're improving your systems and then renewables should be the last consideration as Casey mentioned, you want to be as lean as possible. So when you apply renewable technology, it's actually going farther. So I wanted to get that point across because I'm, I'm always preaching that conservation, then
4: efficiency, then renewables. Carrie, can I interrupt? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. We uh, our dear friend Susan Hill, uh, who used to work with Richmond Region Energy Alliance, another great organization, is now with Department of Housing and Community Development. But she would she's been quoted in saying, you have to eat your energy efficiency vegetables before you get your renewable dessert. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's just something that's just kind of recognized across the board. Then yes. when you talk about energy uh, sustainability and efficiency, yeah.
3: And then to to pick up your
0: your question about what what does
3: energy efficiency look like? That's a that's a substantial challenge that we face in this industry. Uh, so many times, I'll introduce myself and what I do, and uh, they'll they'll immediately go to oh, so you install solar panels.
2: No, unfortunately, (laughs) we don't get to
3: install the sexy solar panels uh, yet. Um, uh, Most of the work that we do when uh, we're talking about weatherization, which in itself is probably a term that most people aren't familiar with. Uh, So weatherization is delivering uh, energy efficiency services by um, developing control strategies, controlling the flow of heat, air and moisture in a home, uh, using the principles of building science. And, uh, and using the installation techniques of weatherization to safely and effectively uh, install energy efficiency measures in a home that will reduce the utility expenses um, through electricity reductions uh, gas um, water efficiency um, all in the effort and uh, with what we do dealing with more vulnerable populations we're uh, we're specifically trying to reduce the energy burdens that uh, the populations that we serve uh, are faced with. So an energy burden is the proportion of their uh, monthly or annual income that gets applied towards paying those utility bills. And uh, a typical uh, a typical household that we serve might have four or five times the energy burn, the burden than uh, a, a market rate or non-business. Uh, low-income household
0: might have okay gotcha gotcha i want to bring it back just a little bit guys we talked about what you guys do but i want to talk more so about um how you guys got there uh one of the things we like to do on this show on Enrico cte now is talk about career tracks okay and if you guys can somehow summarize your career track just so the kids and the parents listening at home may get an idea of you know how you can end up where you want to end up. And it also is a a good show that sometimes your career track is not always a straight line. Sometimes it's zigzaggy, you hit a whole bunch of different industries, but in the end you find out where you're supposed to be in the long run. Or you might still be looking, but this is a nice little pit stop on your journey to find out where you want to be. So if you guys can just lay those career tracks on me, that'd be great. <laughs> Who wants to start? Rock, paper, scissors, Rochambeau. Okay, That's how we get okay, things okay. All right, Casey's, Casey's got
4: it. All right. Um, I did my undergraduate work in policy and planning, and I think I chose that because I grew up in Northern Virginia and I saw these massive tracts of land being developed into a very intensive development, huge mansions and um, strip malls and whatnot. And it was traffic congestion, it was just really unbearable. So, um, But then I got halfway through school and I was like, yikes, I don't know that I wanna do that. <laughs> um, so I learned about this little program called Earthcraft House that was based out of Atlanta at that point in time. And uh, I told my folks that I was gonna go take an internship down there for a year. This is 2005 for the grand salary of $13,500. Um, my folks thought I was absolutely nuts.
0: Not buying a Lamborghini with that type (laughs) of money.
4: (laughs) 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 And I had to bring the dog, so it was in a house, it was a lot. Um, But I learned, I was jumped into construction and I, I was immediately just fascinated by this ability that we could build buildings better that there was actually, at that point in time, really a market drive for it. That folks, there was entire communities that were building sustainable homes um, at varying scales, but incorporating the land use and new urbanism concepts. Uh Um, So two gentlemen, Chuck Bowles and and Carl Bren, were looking to bring a green building, residential green building program to Virginia at that point in time. And being a Virginia native, I was happy to come back. Yeah, yeah,
0: come on back home. Yeah,
4: so um, in the last 14 years now, I have been with this organization and it's just been tremendous with the variety of partners just to see how, I think, job opportunity in this field has really developed and the work of all of our partners coming together to make that happen.
0: All right. Awesome. Awesome. Chase?
3: Uh, kind of a similar start to my story. I also grew up in Northern Virginia and uh, spent my formative years seeing the massive expansion of that area and uh, got to uh, deal with the traffic (laughs) left a scar Um, I wound up going to undergrad at Virginia Tech Uh, I entered the mechanical engineering program I was going to develop the next new renewable energy uh, system that was going to save the world Uh, that's when I learned about efficiency and how that uh, takes its place takes priority uh, should take priority ahead of renewables Uh, that coupled with you know, the, uh, Growing up in Northern Virginia, I wound up finding a, uh, a program, uh, I switched into environmental policy and planning, and uh, through that program, I actually connected with my current employer, who um, the, the board chair of our organization is a professor at Virginia Tech, and he puts on a one-credit course every year that's a residential energy efficiency evaluation. And uh, so I stuck around one day after that class and uh, helped the, uh, the instructor of that course in, in uh, building science. He's a, a well-known name, Anthony Cox. And uh, Anthony was you know, really helpful and answered some of my questions. And I helped him get packed up. And he invited me to uh, come take a tour of this brand new training center that has, was just being uh, finished up in Southwest Virginia next to, uh, next to Blacksburg, where Virginia Tech is located. And uh, so, that tour actually wound up into turning into a, a job interview unexpectedly. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, this is right during uh, 2010, so this is when the um, America Reinvestment Recovery Act uh-huh. came underway, and the program that I'm in, Weatherization, is, uh, is, is funded through Department of Energy, and that saw a big bump in funds, and so it was uh, one part, it, it was kind of where opportunity met. Uh, you know, met some circumstance, and uh, I wound up being lucky enough to come on board right at that time, and uh, been been around there now for.
0: About ten years. Oh, awesome! Awesome.
4: So wait, education, desiring, continuing education, and networking is what got you to your job?
0: Exactly. That's okay. it, right there. Continuing education and networking. <laughs> all right. Now it's your turn, Miss Carrie.
2: And um, I have a lot of similar themes in that <laughs> I went in with one idea in mind and ended up in a completely different place that hey. honestly I didn't even okay. know existed. So that is all right. The bottom line here is stay nimble because you know <laughs> things change, and especially in the in- energy industry, uh, it changes so fast. There are jobs that will be in existence five years from now that we haven't even
0: exactly
2: conceived of right now. So. Exactly. Uh, but I went into college thinking I would be a veterinarian. <laughs> um, until, I'll be perfectly honest, I failed out of most of the difficult classes that you need to take to take a, uh, to be a veterinarian, like anatomy and chemistry. So uh, I changed directions. and went into environmental science, and I'm so glad I did, because I had always had a passion for that, but had never really thought of it as a job track. Um, I ended up working in environmental consulting and uh, doing pollution cleanup and Uh, In working with building pollutants like asbestos and mold and lead, I learned about green building as a concept, about designing and constructing buildings to be environmentally friendly, something I had never thought of. I had never really thought of the way buildings were built uh, or designed. A totally new concept to me. So I went from there to working for an architecture firm doing green building certification. Similar to Casey, I learned about that green building. Uh, she, she found EarthCraft and I found LEED, which is Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. Worked on LEED buildings for the next 10 years. And that led me to Henrico. Uh, Henrico does all of its new construction as a LEED certified standard. Um, and working on Henrico projects with the architecture firm, I got very familiar with Henrico, came on over to Henrico as energy manager, where I continue to work on green building for them.
0: Awesome, awesome. You guys have awesome stories, and I hope you guys listening can, you know, build some inspiration from what you heard here. Network, you know, keep pursuing some education. Stay and nimble. Be, stay, nimble stay, stay nimble. Stay nimble. Hashtag. I like that. Dude, stay nimble. That's the word of the day. Well, the phrase of the day. Stay nimble. Put <laughs> so, on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So
1: when I was doing some research before today, um, I had found out something I had no idea, and that's that Virginia does not is not able to produce all the energy it needs to meet our to meet our needs. Um, I was going to ask, related to renewable energy and how that affects that, how that's helping, but everybody's talking about efficiency, so I think I'm going to throw it out if, if anybody wants to jump on that. How is efficiency helping, um, and at what level?
3: Yeah, so I'll take that on uh, our first stab if we install or replace a, uh, a light bulb, let's just use a standard 60-watt regular incandescent light bulb, and we swap that out with a 9-watt LED, uh, that's 51 watts that will no longer need to be, there will no longer need to be generation to provide for that 51 extra watts in the future and moving forward. Uh, so uh, what efficiency does, and, and it's, it's taken a while to get, Uh, get to this point in Virginia, it's just now starting to be valued as a resource uh, that can be used in the planning process. So, utilities have to file these uh, uh, integrated resource plans where they try to map out uh, supply and demand for the next 30, 40, 50 years. And uh, uh, efficiency has rarely been used as a means of uh, offsetting future generation needs. And uh, there's some uh, some exciting policies being proposed in our current General Assembly that would, uh, would make some mandatory um, uh, requirements to be to be met like the utilities would have uh, target um, energy efficiency standards to, to meet and, uh, and that would like, to go back to bringing in out uh, or importing electricity from outside, uh, that would go a long way to reducing the need for for making that happen.
0: Uh, you mentioned some uh, legislation in the General Assembly, and we actually have a question uh, regarding legislation. I know um, Governor Northam did a order, Executive Order Number 43, which is, uh, calls for a new plan for Commonwealth, the Commonwealth to achieve 30% renewable energy by 2040 and reach 100% carbon-free electricity by 2050. I don't know how old I'll be by then. But <laughs> uh, what, you know, how does that affect what you guys do?
4: Uh, to get that announcement was a huge, uh, I think, momentous time for Virginia. But as, as Chase mentioned, we are really starting to, I think, as a state, to look a little bit more aggressively towards energy efficiency. I think we're still at the cusp, right? There's mm-hmm. still a lot of opportunity here, but um, the, the the Grid Transformation Act, which happened in 2018, actually I think set the stage for some of that, which was a massive act. And if we talk about utilities and utility infrastructure needs and regulation and uh, the prediction of future demands, I mean, I could only, you know, pretend to know a teeny tiny t- bit of the Grid Transformation and Securities Act, but. One of the things that happened with that was energy efficiency programs and the way that they were rated by the state corporation commission now were far more likely to be passed. Okay. Um, where and so those tests essentially um historically were looking at how the return to every ratepayer was going to happen for incremental energy efficiency improvements to some ratepayers. And so now with the the that trans, that new act we're now seeing energy efficiency programs I think being pass at a higher level um, and so I think we're really excited about that as it relates to executive order uh, 43 it's terrific and it's terrific to have these targets and goals but now the the hard parts gonna right, be making sure. figure
0: out how to, how to get money. there and the, mo- oh, the, the money, money is really yeah it. yeah right yeah. so
4: um, but I think that the act um, executive order uh, 43 does talk about not only renewables and and energy efficiency but really also talks about what Chase was talking about and the target of making sure that we are reducing energy cost burden for low and moderate income individuals that we're looking at energy efficiency as a means um, and really how do we lower those utility bills so it there's a lot a lot of nice components to the bill or the exact order I'm sorry
3: yes uh, I was really pl- pleased to see that there was such a focus on uh, energy equity um, the, the challenge has always been in, in working with our uh, more vulnerable populations in Virginia, they don't necessarily have the same opportunities to participate in the clean energy economy as uh, the, the other populations in the state. And uh, so, if you can uh, just to use a, a bit of an example, if, if uh, a household that's making you know one hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars invests in a rooftop solar array that offsets or basically helps them generate Electricity on-site that reduces their demand for electricity, <clears throat> and that has some implications on the rest of the ratepayers, the electricity uh, utility customers, um, if at, at scale. So, if if hundreds and thousands of households start installing distributed rooftop solar arrays on their on their homes, uh, that puts a slight but it, it puts this pressure on the rest of the ratepayers to pick up the load that those households are no longer uh paying into uh covering the cost for that that electric utility to um, to operate. And so that's uh one of the things that we're working on is uh how do we serve those customers? How do we give them access to participate in the clean energy economy through efficiency and
1: increasingly we're looking at uh solar programs as well. So how's it affecting, you know, with you're dealing with government issues, how is it affecting local localities and their government and the governments?
2: It helps set the tone for the expectation of governments across Virginia. the The goals set forth by the governor are extremely ambitious, and um, you know more ambitious than anything we've ever had. and And that re- that sets an expectation for us all to operate that way. We we all contribute to this goal. Um, his you know his goals for energy reduction and renewable energy they're total state energy use, everybody, all consumers are included in this. So we are all expected to meet these goals. And conservation and efficiency are gonna have to be a huge part of that because if you have a smaller pie, then the 30% is a smaller target. So we've got to conserve using less, we've got to be more efficient, smarter technologies, and then we will meet, be able to meet these goals more easily.
0: It sort of comes full circle then, right? I mean you know going back to what you said earlier in the podcast and um now let's move on to some more job focused questions here guys so uh what percentage i don't know if you guys have this number actually off the top of your head or if you guys you know were able to you know record it or if you can give me a rough estimate but what percentage uh of energy jobs in virginia are in energy sustainability and efficiency what percentage would you say roughly
3: Well, these are numbers that I keep on the top of my head at all times. Oh, do you really? Like, you just pull them out of your back pocket, like, here are the numbers. (laughs) No, I did look up uh, a report from E for the Future, and I can't speak to the sustainability industry more broadly, but uh, on the efficiency side of things, um, in Virginia, there are 67,621 energy efficiency jobs in Virginia as of 2018. And that accounts for 42% of all energy sector jobs uh, in the
1: Commonwealth. Is, it, what, is there an expected uh, estimate of growth?
4: In- well, I looked, I also yeah. look, looked this up. Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was actually in Executive Order 43 about the common per the U.S. Energy and Employment Report from 2019, because you said 67,000, is that right, mm-hmm. uh, quoted 78,000, 78. 000, 78 add some change, uh, that work in the energy efficiency sector.
2: I have a more philosophical approach. I'm going to propose that 100% of energy jobs (laughs) are related to sustainability and efficiency. They should all touch on that. They are all related to that.
3: that It makes sense to me. A little bit more on the anticipated growth of this uh, industry. Casey mentioned the uh, Grid Transformation and Securities Act, which uh, changed the way that the state corporation commission evaluated uh, energy efficiency programs. Dominion proposed a portfolio of programs in uh, in 2018 uh, to the tune. It was 11 different energy efficiency programs, residential programs, non-residential, all sectors um, were kind of addressed. And it was approved for a five-year program term for a total price tag of about $254 million dollars. Uh, so that those programs are just now coming online, and that's starting to uh, drive more demand for energy efficient efficiency jobs <laughs> in Virginia. <laughs> and to also mention that uh, last month, in December, Dominion proposed their next filing for energy efficiency programs, uh, which included a slate of uh, 11 more programs at a price tag of $186 million um, that seem to be likely to be approved again, and those would come online in January 2021. So part of my job right now is uh, figuring out how is how are how is my team going to scale up to meet basically three to four times the demand than we had last year by
2: 2021.
1: Well, I want to kind of swing back towards the students and uh, the programs that are being put together in the room next door right now. Um, as we speak. Yeah, as we speak. Um, it, with this new career cluster, what is important? What is something that you think that is important to let the students and the parents know when it comes to their interest, possible interest in this new career cluster? When when a student is looking at programs that they may take as part of their normal coursework or they're going to go to one of the technical centers in whichever county they may be in, um, when, we, when this new career cluster gets implemented, what is important? something that you want to let them know to kind of guide them saying, this is why you should be interested in this. I think it's something that everybody would probably have something to
4: contribute on that. Well, I think it's, you can find sustainability and energy efficiency within any career path that somebody's interested in. Um, So I would encourage folks to look at really where they desire to be and make sure that you're incorporating an energy efficiency or sustainability approach because it is going to be the way that we need to continue to, to be and, and continue to work towards uh, true sustainability.
1: Well, say there's a student that wants to come and work where you work. Mm-hmm. What is What what would you tell them to say, you know, you need to get interested in the energy field because you can come and work with me? And, and what type of skills do they need to have in high school that then all moves on to college then moves on to the workplace?
4: Well, number one skill, people skills. Right Yes, it's the soft skills. Yes. You have to be able to feel comfortable and to talk to somebody. Um, and it's tough. the work that we have an 11 person nonprofit, so the work that we've been doing, um, it, we're really looking for a variety of skill sets, be it for someone that understands construction delivery, uh, construction project management, energy efficiency, energy modeling, um, but we also have kind of the basic business administration skills. And when I'm looking to hire someone, I'm going to hire someone first on mission. You know, having somebody that's dedicated to our mission and that believes in the work that we're doing is going to go much further for our organization, and we can build around the rest of the skill sets.
3: That's exactly the same approach that I take when building my team. And um, uh, the work that we do, uh, we have opportunities for folks at any imaginable different. Uh, diverse education or skill set background. Um, we have a need for you know some of our crew uh, members, the, the folks that go out and actually turn wrenches, install energy efficiency measures. Uh, some of them have been doing this for several decades, and uh, they may only have a partial high school education. Um, uh, but we also have, the, they're working alongside uh, folks with high school, uh, GED, and uh, in some cases, even uh, bachelor degrees. And we also have uh, people that uh, like energy auditors um, and quality control inspectors that it takes a little bit more manage, uh, project management expertise. Uh, we also have program managers, so, so folks that are a little more oriented towards um, have a little more business acumen uh, but can understand the technical aspects of it as well. Uh, and same, we have you know bi- business administration needs. Um,
0: and uh, so, I mean, really just across the board, like you guys just, you know, mm-hmm. get can use people in, in multiple positions. So what, did you want to throw something in there? Uh, uh, in Carrie? my
2: specific job, um, I think, you know, attention to detail, um, familiarity with data, working with big data, being able to interpret data. Those are all important skills for my specific job. But uh, it's so broad. You know, we're in the other room, we were talking with the folks from the different in energy industry um, jobs like electricity and gas and solar and um they are all their industries are all really thirsty for skilled workers in all of those fields and uh, it can come from so many different places and so you know that's something that i think students should understand is this is a growing field there is a desperate need for skilled workers um you know students in these it's a mutual need the you know the students need the workforce and the workforce needs the students and um you know i just want people to be aware that this is a great career to go into it's going to continue to grow and as casey said that you know this is going to be moving forward how we operate in all kinds of aspects of how to operate um you know our different organizations and our, our state and our government's um sustainability and efficiency are going to be a common thread through all of that
3: all right two other quick things to the- Add to that, uh, I mentioned all of the growth we're expecting. Uh, one of the gaps that I see happening, we've traditionally operated with just word of mouth advertising. One homeowner talks to their friends or family, and that's how the message gets spread. Uh, now we have more funds than we know how to handle,
1: <laughs> almost, um,
3: and uh, we need some we need some uh, support actually getting our message out through marketing and outreach. And uh, that's just a skill set that we traditionally haven't needed uh, we, until we, now. When you say
0: marketing I, outreach, are you including, like, the social media aspect uh, of things as well? Because yeah. uh, you got some kids over here, yeah. and, like, 500 likes on Instagram. I get, <laughs> like, two. I'm like, what are you doing different than I? I'm, <laughs> I'm, <just kidding. laughs> I'm just kidding. But, like, so you know, that may be something that they never thought that could actually help them go pro, like actually managing somebody else's social media uh, website for them because, you know, everybody needs some way to reach or some type of social media footprint these days. To get your message uh, across,
1: I think that the, the vast majority of people don't think of some of these other types of skills that, the, you know, when you think of a, you know, I want to go work for a power company, first thing, I'm going to be a lineman. Not necessarily. I, I read a government report that actually said in the energy industry, it's those, bi- it, the ones that they can't fill, they can't even get applications or people to come in and put in applications, are for those jobs that you don't think of, such as marketing and sales and customer service and things like that. I mean, there, there's, you really need to be thinking if this is something you want to be in, you don't necessarily have to do the jobs that you see. There's all, it's all the other jobs back
0: there are to looking to get filled too. Yeah, So let me, uh, we got to uh, kind of sort of wrap it up. I want to ask one more question. And I think this is a really, really important question and a strong question to end on. And it's, and it, it, it may not have been on your sheets. It's just something I really thought of right here in the moment right here. Um, so w- what is, what is, one strong uh, piece of advice that you guys could offer someone looking to break into the energy field, like, uh, how, how do they break in? Like, how do, how do I get my foot in the door? We had uh, some stories from Chase and Casey and even Carrie about networking, making connections and achieving higher education. What do you think will, will be the biggest, I guess, thing that they can do to get their foot in the door in the energy field, really anywhere, whether they want to be a lineman or do something in, in the office setting?
3: So, I, I this has come up before, and I'll, I'll reiterate: um, networking is is key, and uh, that takes uh, many different forms. But uh, it, one of, one of the things that's unique about this industry, in particular, it's uh, it's not this zero sum mentality; it's a very positive sum mentality. So, if if you have a passion for the mission that well, for the work that we're doing, reach out to one of us. We're gonna pull you up along with us and make help you get connected, make the connections that you need to, to succeed. And um, uh, it, that can be just directly connecting with us through email uh, uh, that you can find on our websites or, uh, or connect with us directly on our social media. Um, I've found that Twitter, uh, keeping it strictly industry related, <laughs> is a really valuable. It's been a really va- valuable tool, and I've been able to connect with people that uh, I look up to, and I now have direct relationships with them, um, uh, just by sending them a DM. Yeah,
0: Technology is bringing us all closer. Sometimes closer than we would like, but it's bringing <laughs> us all closer. All right, anybody else want to add add on to that?
2: Well, along the lines of networking, there are groups out there that you that you probably are not aware of that. You know, I had to find out also, um, you know, research some of those groups. You got Google at your fingertips. Research some groups that are related to the area that you're interested in. There are nonprofits that you could go just drop in and check out and see what they do. Um, you can attend events, there are trade groups, networking events, um, you know. Find a company that does something that you're interested in and just call them up and say, hey, can I come shadow somebody? These are things that I would never have thought of as a student to do and they would be so valuable to learn more about the jobs and make connections.
0: Hey, and companies are open, uh, open to that type of, type of deal? I'll call you up and can I shadow? and Every okay once in a
2: while we have students come through and just check out the jobs that are occurring or you know find an internship, whether it's paid or unpaid. Right. Um, there are all kinds of internships out there that you can learn more about specific jobs and even if it's not a job that you're interested in, you'll learn what other jobs are
4: connected to that job that might be something that you are interested in. Right. I think... Um, Just being inquisitive, and and as like everybody said, um, I'm always open to have coffee with somebody, but I would ask that you come prepared with your resume. (laughs) You really know kind of where your interests are, and also leverage your skill sets. Um, I personally know that I do much better on a one-on-one conversation, and so asking for a coffee one-on-one with somebody is really helpful for me. Um, but yes, yeah, as, as Carrie said, I think attend events, be broad and, and intentional, and ask for additional connections to other organizations. Reach out to Chase on Twitter because I am not on it. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is a I think it's a really exciting time for students. I think it's a really exciting time for Virginia and our industry. Um, we're still relatively small. Uh, the the three of us we know each other from our previous networks and just how we overlap in this industry and. Um, I think there's a huge appreciation to the governor, to previous administrations, to the utilities, to departments of mines, minerals, and energy, DHCD, there's VHDA. There's so many folks that are intersecting here, and I think health is going to be the next one, and I'm super excited about that.
0: Awesome, awesome. All right, guys. So uh, we gotta wrap it up here because I think Chasey got some place to be. He's got a phone call to make. It's Chase's fault, guys. We gotta stop talking. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank you, guys, so much for uh, coming out here to the CTE Resource Center and uh, spending some of your time with us. The show went a little bit longer than expected, but that's what happens when all you're out time. here having a good conversation yep. about industry, about how we can get kids involved, etc., etc., etc. Okay, guys. I want to remind you guys check us out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. All at the handle C T E and uh also on our website, heracocte.com. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast.
1: You can find the podcast on Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, and all of your other major and
0: minor podcast venues. All right, guys. That's it for us. I've been Rashawn Garnett for Mike Roberts for Carrie Webster. Right? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I called her Carrie Fisher the other day. Did I tell you
2: that, Mike? <laughs> no, <laughs> totally called her Carrie Fisher the other day. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> She's all right. she, she said she was
0: fine with it. All right, guys. From Mike Roberts for Carrie Webster. For Kay, uh, Chase Counts for Casey...
4: Bliley. 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 (laughs) I knew that was gonna be
0: the test. (laughs) I'm Rashawn Garnett. This has been here right CTE. Now we will see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for joining us. So long, everyone.